0: Hey guys, welcome to the Shoes of Biscuit podcast. Yo, you always do that nervous laugh at the beginning, and it always throws me off. Shane, welcome, to- <laughs> welcome to the show. I'm I'm Alex Whiteley, and of course, that like, you can hear that laugh there. That's Shane there in the background. How's it going, buddy? You right?
1: Yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right. Struggling yeah. with my son at the moment. He's, we have the same battle every day with regards to dinner. <laughs> so um, he's really picky when it comes to his food. And uh, like we have the same argument, and him and his sister always want different things. So then it's, it starts a massive argument. Like, you know, my daughter wants pasta, he wants sausage and chips, and I'm just like, you can't have both. Like, <laughs> I'm not doing two dinners. I'm not doing it. <laughs> Kids, eh? Who'd have them? Who'd have them? I know. I know.
0: Uh, this is uh, this is our open studio sessions today. Uh, we're making a uh, about seven podcasts, eight actually. Eight, uh, eight that we're going to eight yeah that we're going to be running through uh, f- through the week. Um, and joining us today is uh, is is Jamie Edwards from uh, Shropshire Town and the community. Been on the show a couple of times. We worked a, a few times with Shropshire Town and the community. Actually, I love what what you guys do, Jamie. Um, our last time we spoke was the beginning of lockdown. You were kind of like, okay. We've, we've shut our centre, but we can still go. We can get, hand out tablets and we can kind of be in the community and do our things. Um, that was challenge number one, I imagine, for you guys. <laughs>
2: yeah, it seems a, a long time ago since we spoke, actually, doesn't it? It's um,
0: mm.
2: I can't even remember when it was, whether it was, was it April?
0: April, but a- April May, something like that, yeah, I believe. So that, I suppose at that time, yeah, it was complete
2: and utter lockdown and everyone was to, probably too frightened even to go out of their house. So the, the staff were absolutely amazing all the way through. They um, adapted so quickly to make sure that, anything from um, our students that are on university courses and BTEC courses or the elderly that we're engaging with or the disabled that we're engaging with – made sure that we kept engaging with them and looking after them, went in an order of the most vulnerable that you, you think actually they're, they're going to really need our help. There are some some children that we engage with that have got supportive families and, and are okay. So we kind of went down in that order, got things sorted, um, and then started to do some magnificent work where, where you're looking at people that are, uh, uh, I suppose, our extra time group and our loneliness project is funded through um, DCMS there was one instant where one of our staff members actually got in the car because um a participant she wasn't um responding to phone calls, so I thought hang on that's been two or three days now, and she hasn't answered and some of the friends which were in this group that they were connecting had also picked up that she hadn't answered the phone and and um like I said, our member of staff went round to a house, knocked on a door, and she'd actually been taken to hospital. She'd fallen over and, and hurt her hip. Um, she was fine, which was great. But it's just uh it just shows the sort of passion that stuff that we actually have that that will go above and beyond um, to make sure that that things are looked after. So that was kind of not completely people falling over and, and going to hospital, but that was a theme of kind of lockdown of of just being able to react very quickly and then adapt and, and keep things going. So people were turning like everywhere turning their front rooms and living rooms and bedrooms into probably indoor sports halls at times when they're they're trying to run PE lessons and, and different things and, and and just reaching out and generally doing what we could we've got isolation packs out to to our participants to make sure that we you know, the fir- the first time it was great. It was it was this is new, this is different, and I can do this. And then, sort of two three months into it, we're still going, and we were having to adapt again what we were doing. So, getting isolation packs out that kept those participants engaged was fantastic. Um, I suppose then we had the challenge of being able to um, open back up. I can't even remember when that was, it seems so long ago now, but I think it was the start of June, maybe mid-June, um, that we started to open up back to our facilities, started to get things back face-to-face. Obviously, we were lucky that we had a really nice summer of weather, and again, that seems a million miles away with the floods this week and and, and this snow, I think it is tomorrow as well, isn't it? Um, so, yeah, we got all our facilities back open, we got everything back up to 100%. Um, we were really fortunate... I think it's uh, something that we've learned from lockdown is when you, when something stops, everybody seems to have a vacuum of, well, I can't do it this week. So I'm definitely going to do it next week. And then if you multiply that by six or seven weeks, all our holiday clubs and stuff that we were doing over the summer was completely fully subscribed, which was absolutely brilliant. Um, both from a a financial point for us that had had really helped us, but also um, to get things up and running, the COVID compliant, the work that the staff put in to get the facilities up and running and quickly as well, because everybody wanted to get back to playing. And I think we were like from naught to hundred percent capacity within two weeks, which, which is phenomenal. Um, And touch wood, um, we had no COVID cases at any of our sites and touch wood. We've split our staff. So some of us, we've got 51 members of staff, Um, 30 of those are full-time and we haven't seen those face-to-face since probably the 18th of March so we've made sure that if you're face-to-face you're in no more than groups of three just in case if obviously one goes in and it takes the whole place down we've all got to isolate then we can't do some of those life I think some of it is life-saving activities that we do so um, that in itself is really getting um, getting tough now I suppose with the well-being of staff and We've introduced um, wellbeing hours now during the day because you can be behind a computer screen um, from sort of half past seven, eight o'clock in the morning and then at half past four, it's dark and you've finished work and you, you move from your, your spare bedroom or wherever you've got your kitchen. I know I feeling. Yeah, <laughs> the room and you get a Like I said, the first one was great. You could finish work. You could go for a walk. It was sunny. It was nice. And, and that, that gives you a, a better me- mental health to start with, doesn't it? But mm. this one is certainly a lot we're finding it a lot tougher for our staff and our staff are, are now going in face-to-face to schools, which we didn't do last time. So they're going in and supporting those schools because the schools are being asked to do more with that remote teaching. Key workers are there. So some of our support that we're doing is vital into the schools. So we don't want to let the schools down. Um, and, and, and like I said, it's it's just making sure that you keep the, the staff safe first and foremost, but also keep their morale up and their mental health. And it, it's, yeah, it's going to be. I think it's still going to be a, a tough month, but we're trying to remain as positive as we can, I suppose.
0: Yeah, I mean, lockdown one was like. I, I, I we spoke. We've done a few different uh, discussions about the difference between this lockdown and lockdown, and we did one about um, sort of distance learning and and schools and things. And I think the first time it was kind of it was like a novelty sort of thing. I mean, there were travel, there were there were challenges that were put in. Uh, people are like, kind of like, uh, uh, but like with, with yourselves, uh, with a lot of people, it's kind of like, okay, we'll do classes online then. We'll do, we'll, we'll do like videos and we'll, we'll do live workout sessions. And like you guys are doing, handing out tablets and keeping people in touch, like the Facebook groups and the, all these sort kind of things that we we're doing. But that's because people were sort of happier with the weather. And like you said, mental health was kind of like, uh, it was bad, but it's worse this time. You know, I'm,
1: I'm finding this lockdown work, like more, more difficult than the first one. Definitely. Yeah. Mm. Um, myself personally I mean, it's been interesting to see different um, companies adapting to to this sort of environment you know and and, uh, and the remote stuff and things like that you know I've seen tattooists who obviously can't do their tattooing at the moment and yeah you know, that's their livelihood starting to do drawings and selling drawings and and like you know they're, they're putting out there I saw one um, where it was like if you want a, canva, a canvas paint painting or picture of your tattoo send some pictures in and I'll draw your tattoo so you can have a, a, a picture like you know, and, and they'll sort of adapt it to, to, to be sort of unique to you. And I was like, that is outside the box thinking that is, that is, that is really good. Fair dues. You know,
2: I think where we've gone now is probably full circle. So when, um, the announcement came for lockdown, what was it? 3.0. I think we're calling it within our, world. <laughs> um, We didn't rush into anything. Last time it was a bit of a clamor, like Joe Wicks came out and then everybody was doing their fitness things. And it was whoever could get there first with whatever trend was going to basically clean up in terms of either a fundraiser for a charity. You had to be that first person in. This time we went, well, hang on, let's not jump in and do anything too quick because... um, and I don't believe it's the government's fault that they've made so many U-turns. I think you just can't predict it. But what we said is let's give it five or six days. Um, take our time with exactly what we're going to do. Support, carry on. We can flip everything to online that we, we've we done anyway and then sort of assess the situation from there. And I think the main thing that's come out with us is this: this remote learning is not going to go away or remote working. I think people will be looking at their office spaces and, and reducing that and, and how they design what they're going to do going forward. I I've, I've personally love lockdown in that I've got a four-year-old son and I've never spent so much time with my four-year-old yeah. son to the point that it got annoying at some stages with yeah, the yeah. family there. And and you felt a bit stupid in the end. You said, oh, do you know what? I've had enough of my wife and I've had enough of my kids. <laughs> yeah,
1: I know what you mean. I know what exactly would,
2: what you mean. Yeah. yeah what would you give <laughs> to have that time back? And, and when you look back and reflect on it, like, my. Like, okay four-year-old son he started to he's now riding a bike so he's gone from not riding a bike at all to riding a bike he started school I've seen all of those bits happen and and been involved in it and 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 I personally feel really lucky for that and I think Mm. uh, I think you've just got to try and take the positives and we're we're also looking at a workforce of rather than working to working to time (laughs) is working to task
1: yeah I mean it's 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 I kind of went through a bit of a roller, coaster, a roller coaster for it, really. When I first got sent home, it was like, "Well, this is novelty," because I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm a mechanic by trade, so I'm used to sort of being out in the cold, you know, using my hands and stuff. And then I went from, you know, workshop to office to home working within twelve months. You know, it's just rapid fire, and so it was like, "Well, this is completely new to me. I have no idea what." what to expect how to do it and stuff so but then i moved around the house find, trying to find a decent workspace you know um we just literally had a baby i think he's about like six weeks old al i think yeah, yeah. about six weeks yeah, old yeah, i think yeah, we, yeah, first yeah. went to lockdown um so that was uh, similar to you it's amazing being, a, being able to be at home um but then obviously now I've got myself set up and now I went for a phase in the middle there somewhere where I was like I've had enough of this this is this is doing my Sweden I can't I can't do this because it's it's you know I'm at home the baby's crying I'm trying to trying to work and like you know I'm making mistakes and but then I kind of I'm, I'm in our, our bedroom now you know I've got a decent desk now I've got more space I've sort of settled in and now I'm a bit like you know what I'm I'm actually all right now I'm, I'm it's, when, it's,
0: it's when they're like right back to the office and like, <laughs> <No>! <laughs> yeah.
1: that's literally what will happen now like you know the, at some point they might turn and say right you go back to the office now and i'm gonna go Well, i don't really want it now i'm, mm. quite, <laughs> I'm quite happy here like i've got my fridge downstairs and like you know and i can work in my pajamas so happy days <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> one thing of staying at, one is staying away from
2: the fridge and then finding space i probably see the mess behind me we've today moved my son out of this room for me to have the office in this room, to, we're lucky we've got a spare spare bedroom. We've changed everything around. So I'm in the middle of, of making a new desk. that is, is And that's probably part and parcel of the decision that we're not going to change from this. No. We obviously go back to our offices, but I don't think we're going to have that need to to house 25 members of staff with their own desk.
1: Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, I'm a team of well, It's now eight now, but uh, four of them are remote. You know, they're they're, they're a, a different places in the country. But there's four of us in Shrewsbury, um, and we used to have four desks. But I don't think i will do that now. I think I'll have one desk and then one person manning it, you know, every day. So I think there'll be a rotor system for one desk. You know, uh, the rest of the rest of the time we're working from home. That's if they do that, they might not. I don't know. Um, I think you'll find that desk space will be turned into meeting space. Yes.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. mean, book that if you've got to see somebody face to face, book your room, come in. Yeah. But if not why Why do you need to be in costing yeah. us yeah. money and high, uh, in height, le- in light, and heating, and all the rest of it? That that
1: that could be at home. So, How, have you seen that? Have you seen a drop in your sort of outlays? You know? um,
2: um, not particularly because we've got well, we've got three sites, um, and it's all kind of leases, so it's all tied up, mm-hmm. yeah, with what we pay as a flat fee. So um, we haven't seen that in me personally, I have, because I live in South Shropshire and it's a 60 mile round trip to happy to- days. <laughs> <laughs> you're rubbing your hands together then. <laughs> exactly. so, and I know a lot of the people were, were saying the same that actually, yeah, my car hasn't left to drive yet. And do mm. you, you take the gamble and sell your car for the month that you're going to be <laughs> off, yeah. what You actually do? So yeah, I, I, like I said, I think it's, it's it's trying to take the positives out of everything. And then, Try and, and what I keep saying to the staff is what were the really good bits about lockdowns that we want to keep? What are the really bad bits that we make sure we need to change? So like I said, the wellbeing hours, the, the getting light during the day, you know, we're probably probably quite fortunate that we've had this third lockdown in the middle of winter in bad weather because otherwise everyone would have said, yeah, we're from home, it's lovely, the sun's out and the whole lot. And then you'd have got to what, winter 2021 and thought actually, almost staff are, are really struggling here, and we've made a bad decision, so mm. it's probably giving us a, a chance to dip the toe in the water of exactly what
0: home working is like in the winter yeah so it, it was so I mean like lockdown one is kind of like let's iron out the kinks, and then by the time we come here, we're kind of like we kind of know what we're doing now, we know what works and what doesn't, sort of thing yeah, exactly,
2: exactly, yeah. I think yeah. I think we're we're all almost there now, we've got a nice blend between face to face delivery an online delivery um, Mm. you know what works and doesn't we've really um, gone out and like the the stuff that we're giving into the primary schools for for work and online work we've actually had a proper professional recording, and we're lucky we've got a great videographer now on board. Um, so all of our sessions are, are videoed beforehand. So they've got the presentation; they're there talking to the children. Right, here's the next activity. Can you do that activity? But it's not the back of their front room. It's actually our facilities that they're doing the filming and stuff like that. So we've tried again just to to take it up a notch because I do think some of it will stay around. You know, one thing we do know is Shropshire is massive. And we want to cover the whole of Shropshire and, and remote is going to be a great way of um, simple things like getting player appearances. Um, we we deliver in one school, Newcastle, underclan or unclan, I can't remember which one it is. Um, you're never, ever going to get a professional footballer that finishes um, training at one o'clock to Newcastle, underclan by... Uh, two o'clock half past two when school finishes at three well actually we can put them on a virtual call they can do a quiz together they can do activities together they can Mm. probably more than what they would if they were there face to face so we've got more Mm. resources that we can use so keeping that going and and getting obviously the name of Shrewsbury Town across Shropshire is going to be easier as well so like I said lots I'm I'm, happily I'm a I'm a positive person with it all and I, I think Covid as as harsh as I've as it sounds, has been the perfect storm for us. As an organization, we're based on um, health, inclusion, participation, and education. And all of those things are going to be really important during COVID and even more so after COVID. So, we're, we're all about being brave now and, and probably trying to do things that we've never done before. So we've got traineeships ready to go for for um, 16 to 24 year olds who aren't in work. We've got the kickstart scheme with 30 new employees about to start um, for 25 hours a week. You know, we will be one of the biggest in Shropshire of employing kickstarts uh, schemes. So we've got People going in to work with the kit man with the first team and work as the chef at the the first team training ground and have, having that on your CV for six months as a work placement and getting paid for it is is something we've never done before. But actually, it, it's it, we've thought about it a lot. Of like like COVID, you think about doing things, you think about home working, but this has pushed us into going. Actually, we're going to have to do something about this. And. and it, mm. I haven't had to rewrite our strategy. I'm probably one of the lucky ones in terms of business plans and strategies. We've adapted it slightly, but actually the core values and the core aims and the core outcomes we want i not going to change. No it tests your metal, doesn't it?
1: You know, as a company. Yeah, yeah,
2: definitely. It makes you, and it gives you the time, the time that you had, because we are quieter. we're not doing the, the amount of face-to-face delivery that we would normally do. Um, I've never sat down and worked it out, but I know for a fact that, you've got probably 30 full-time members of staff out at any one hour delivering to 30 children each you know that's a lot of people you're seeing for six seven hours of the day um and that's obviously drawn back a bit it gives you a lot of time to reflect like you said and and like you said be brave and and think exactly what we can do to make an impact on Shropshire and we we chose not to not, not to support. We offered if we could help in any way um, around food parcels and going into homes and, and shops has been fantastic. Shropshire Council have been unbelievable at um, coordinating that. That I haven't. I don't know about you guys, but I haven't heard of people going hungry in Shropshire. You know, you've seen it across across the county, but um, across the country. Sorry, but Shropshire seems to have been have nailed that. Um, the vaccine rollout and people being able to get their prescriptions and all the rest of it I know Southampton were were working side by side with the NHS having to get prescriptions out to people and stuff like that so I think that's where we're really lucky in Shropshire with the infrastructure that's there Um, but that might be because rural nature and the council's had to do it anyway
0: yeah, well, we we did uh, we did some work with uh, Shrewsbury Food Hub yeah. a, a while ago, and they're amazing. I mean, I've learned so much by working with Ali and the guys at the food hub because you know, it's, it's food that's it's not necessarily for people that are in poverty. It's food that's not going to go to waste. And that's yeah. the message that they give to, to people. It's like there is a, literally, I've been there. I was spending that day there working there. Um, and it, there is a ton of bread, <laughs> a ton of bread and great food. That's just going to go into landfill if people uh, don't use it. So, you know, it's so those things that it, COVID has
2: highlighted how good that is, but that was here before COVID.
1: Yes. That was, that yeah.
2: It's ramped up. But, there's there's some shops has got some amazing charities that do amazing work and and that was one of the big things that we said is that there was a few around the country um similar community schemes that and charities that are shut and you think well hang, hang on you're a charity so you should be providing a charitable aim why are you shutting during the middle of a pandemic mm. yeah, a yeah. That, that the infrastructure of the charity would have to shut and couldn't couldn't deliver to their participants or their customers or it's like a homeless charity would they shut during a pandemic
0: Mm, exactly yeah Yeah.
2: so it's um yeah that that sort of niggled me a little bit actually when you, you look at things like that and you think i know it's hard i know financial constraints and the rest of it but that's this was the biggest time for charities to step up, and I think that's been noticed across the country as well. Of yeah, uh, it would be nice to do something shopshire wide of actually who's who's stepped up during this time. Not not so much the businesses, the businesses have had to adapt.
1: I suppose, I suppose it's about core values, isn't it? I suppose, and mm-hmm. the ones that whose core values are that of a true charity, you know, and and their, and their values and beliefs are are sort of sound um, they're the ones that are still there and, and pitching in and doing what they can yeah, um, the, the ones that I've had to close clearly are, are not necessarily in the right kind of ilk you know
2: yeah you'd, you'd have to say are they fit for purpose
1: That would be, and I know every different, don't get me wrong,
2: every different charity's got a a, a different situation and it might Mm. be, like I said, financially viable that they just can't do it. And Mm. if that's the case, then after COVID, then they're going to have to have a look at where their income streams are coming from. We were lucky. We've uh, I'll openly say we've we've lost about 35,000 over this last two months. Oh, wow. It is not being open. Mm. Um, Touch wood. We're still doing okay. We still have grant funding coming in and we're still operating what we're doing. But as you can imagine, having three facilities that offer five-a-side football and health and wellbeing and different things on it, every single night of the week will soon start to hurt. So um, like I said, hopefully Touchwood will come out of it at the end of February and we'll be back to, to being able to do what we do properly. But um, like I said, it, 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 if you're there to offer a service, you've really got to find a way around it. Businesses are about to do the same.
0: It's yeah. about being. It's about being clever and using your resources to the best best abilities. You know, like, and I think that's 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 happened a lot that we've seen. We've we've spoken to some very inspirational people throughout this thing. Um, but like you guys, I mean, I know you got to get a lot of funding from across the county um i mean i was uh, dave prince noticed that we were doing this with you and he he was like oh the night is revival doing something for the guys in my people love what you guys do because you are at the heart of the community um but when it comes to like the the football club because i know you guys work in partnership with the football club um obviously are they being badly affected by obviously they're not getting gate receipts and stuff at the moment does that affect you in turn um luckily no, because our football club is ridiculously well run.
2: So the chairman <laughs> has always not um, throw money away for the sake of it, and we've we've had those reserves. Um, so so we're not. But if you look at the context of the football club, the, the gates kind of shut on the 18th of March 2020. I think we had four games that we had reduced crowds on, which actually cost us money to deliver. The other part of the business is hospitality, which obviously has not run. In any way, shape, or form, in the last um, year now, um, so all they've had is income from TV money, which is don't get me wrong is probably the bulk of the income that that a football club will get over the year. Um, but they've they've managed to survive it. Where you where you're going to see the pinch now? And I think you've seen it today in the conference. North and South have turned around, or whatever they are, National League North and South. Now they've said actually we've got to suspend play. We had our grant funding at the start of the year. We've got to this stage. The crowds still aren't here. We we are solely on crowds coming through the door that will pay pay the bills, basically. So I think you're going to start to see that over the next two months. And it, and it will creep into the Football League. Those, those clubs that aren't as well-run as ours will really start to feel the pinch. And I'm sure we are as well. I'm sure in some respects that there, there has been redundancies and different things that the clubs had to make. Um, it's not to say that those jobs won't be back there in the future, but right now, you know, the furlough is great. But you just you can't you can't keep furloughing someone if you don't know that it's going to come back or not.
0: With we've, 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 uh the history and the tradition and the how much people love the football club, you guys, STITC, are, 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 are also like a good reason to root for the club, you know, because without the football club, there isn't you guys and what you guys do for the community. So like if, if, if it came down to it and they were kind of like, guys, we need help to survive, you know, because things are getting really bad, which they're not at the moment. Luckily, I'm pretty sure that the, the community would uh, reward you for the hard work you've done by helping you out. I reckon.
2: Hopefully we are looking at a few fundraisers towards the end of the year. Um One was to, to kind of do, I don't know if anybody saw the Marine game with um, Tottenham Hotspur the other day and the Spurs fans basically bought a virtual ticket. So I think they got something like £300,000 worth, this this non-league football club, um, for Spurs fans just going, here's a tenner. We would have come to the game or we would have tried to get a ticket or we would have watched it online. Um, here's a tenner. And, and if we could do something like that, if you imagined the Chusby Town Football Club have, um, what do they have for it? about five five six thousand per game. If we could get each of those given a tenner, because they haven't, uh, our fans have been phenomenal. They, they've bought season tickets. They've not asked for their money back. I think it's like in the 90% of of how many people, I'm um, oh, sorry, less less than say 10%, 5% of people that have asked for their season ticket money back. And mm-hmm. in all honesty, they've had three or four games. So that has been been phenomenal when you look at the support that, that that's been given. Um but if we could do something and, and and just ride that crest and go, well, actually, that money that we've lost in the last two months, if you can put your hand in your pocket, get us back to, to level playing field, we can invest that back into Shropshire. That's kind of the difference, that it's going straight back to them in, in different ways, mm. whether that's employing people, whether that's looking after the elderly, whether that's um, engaging with the disabled, it's going to help Shropshire in some way. So um, we've got lots of... Like I said, be, being brave and lots of new things happening, hopefully from um, June onwards now that, that the guys are gearing up to. So um, one one thing we're starting is the Shrewsbury Town School. Okay. So it be a football, not a football school, try and keep the football out of it. Um, but using, I know you've been and seen our NCS project. So we've got life skills, we've got employability and we've got sport as an alternative provision offer. So it's, it's aimed at those kids that are either gifted and talented in their sport who want to go on to be a sports coach, physiotherapist or something like that. Or it's those ones that may be academically struggling and want to go into more of a vocation. So the employability side would be around being a groundsman, um, being a maintenance person at the stadium and coming out one or two afternoons of the week from their mainstream school to have this school that hopefully over time will, will develop. Um, and then then that's obviously got on top of it the Shrewsbury Town University, the Shrewsbury Town College, and, and we can go right through the pathway there from from primary school all the way into um, into university, which we, we do do that already. We just don't kind of brand it and make it understandable for the locals that... You could actually start with us at four years old on a soccer school and end up being employed with us at 24, 25 years old in a full time, full time role. So it's just about, I suppose, for us, like I said, being brave, but probably letting people understand what we do. Sometimes you've got the Shrewsbury Town Football Club name behind you, and football is very um, affluent, or it seemed to be very affluent, that they don't kind of see us as a charity, which um, is understandable. I don't don't blame them for that. So we do have to shout more about the case studies and the impact that we're making and what we're doing.
0: Mm. I feel I, I do feel bad for a lot of kids that are kind of up, like my my lad six, right? Uh, and he's, he's he really loves his football. He goes to Shrewsbury Up and Comers. Um, and obviously that's not happening at the moment. Um, and I do want to try to. Int- I'm trying to introduce him to a, f- a bit of football culture. You know, we've we've taken him to a couple of Shrewsbury games. He was there last year, shouting Dino, Dino in the crowd. You know, there were good memories, and they are things that like uh, people tend to remember. I mean, just hope we get back to it soon. You know, obviously. Um, so these the things you've got planned in June, um, are they just ready to go? I, like everything's there, ready. Just press press the button. Done go or oh.
2: yeah the the um, employability is uh, we've uh, employed a guy called Lee Thompson um and he came in in October believe it or not because we were get thought we were getting ahead of the game and January was going to be our start date so he keeps pushing back his employability courses cuz obviously it, that needs to be face to face with what we're doing for for getting people into employment. So that's ready to go first of March. The school is actually being painted right now. We've got um, JCB dumper trucks on the grass pitch behind the ground. That's becoming a full 3G. So we're hoping that's going to come out, um, I think, middle of March, although because of the floods, it got um, delayed last week. We had no... um, no construction done last week, but that's going to be a full-size um, 3G AstroTurf with floodlights that actually up and come as a part of as well and Saha Football Club. So there'll be grassroots clubs using that, which will be a nice opening ceremony at some point that we'll invite you to. Um, we're relaying two pitches on the other side of the stadium at the Football Hub, which was the former Power League. So we, like I said, we're, we're being brave and trying to invest and having those, those places shut is costing us, but actually let's get... Let's get things done and, and get things ready to go. Um, our NCS project is going to be big again this year. Um, trying to think, what else we've got going on? A few, few different bits in secondary school.
0: That's uh, uh, still though. I mean, I love this that you just like. This is what I was um, really impressed with with you guys last time. Is the fact that even last lockdown, you weren't like, okay, let's go and cry in the corner. You were kind of like, okay, we'll do this then we'll do that then uh, and you've got all these things implemented ready to go um, and that's what this town needs and that's that's why you guys are invaluable and what you do for the community and i think it's fantastic Thank you you know? you. Um,
2: it comes from the stuff that we have as well we can't sit still i can't sit still anyway and i can't just sit and wait and, and it would have uh been uh been difficult over that like i said that first lockdown not to have a look back and see what you can do so I think I think it's been probably the best time that we've had in terms of being able to look at what we do and try and join up the gaps. So I think you came and watched our homeless session, didn't you? you came I did, down. yeah, with the ARC. That, that was, yeah, when you came down. Um, well, that's now linked to our employability session. So rather than just do a session that is, is nice, don't get me wrong, these guys that are suffering homeless get to come up, they get to play football, they have a shower, we do that, that's invaluable. But can we link that to our employability sessions now? And can we take away that there is a a fact why these people are homeless? Can we help them out in some way by giving them um, some key skills that will hopefully get them towards employability? Can we give them work experience within our facilities to make sure they've got something on their CV and and move them forward? So we're at that kind of stage, sorry, stage, um, stage (laughs) connecting connecting everything up in terms of, of what we do. So there's a pathway between our kind of education and our health and well-being and and people are talking more and that's probably what virtual has done we had we had all these full-time members of staff that were concentrating on their one project and didn't realize what the other people were doing in the other corner of the organization so this this virtual world has really brought that together in terms of a bit of collaboration internally probably where we are struggling and I think everyone is is those partnerships Um, virtual meetings are great when you first time meet somebody but um to actually put that into place like i said you're invested in what we do because you come you come to see what we do um Mm -hmm. and there's 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 only so much you can talk about and show through through websites you really need to to be there in the flesh and see it so Yeah. yeah that's that's to be prepared ready for March, April, May, June, whenever it's going to be that we get back to some sort of normality, that people are going to be invited to awareness events and, and see what's been going on and, and what's going to go on.
0: Um, and for the listeners at home that don't know what we we're talking about, is um, I turned up one day to because uh, the like Jamie was saying, the home, uh, the arc partnered up with Sh- Shrewsbury Town, the community, and the the three G pitches were. The, the, the homeless community were invited to come play and shower and stuff. And what I did is, I I turned up uh, with some equipment. I sat and watched them playing the football, and then I just set up in the in the uh, in the uh, the clubhouse, uh, the the the, uh, the the facility there. And we just sat and I did like a number of different interviews. And you guys all just came and spat, sat and spoke to me, and it was lovely. It was really, really was actually nice just to have like boots on the ground, sort of seeing what you guys are doing, actually seeing it you know, being there. Uh, and I wouldn't encourage, can people, when, when I was going to say, can people do that? <laughs> can people just come over and have a look while we're in the lockdown? Um, but can people just get involved with what you guys are doing? And if so, how can they, you know? Yeah, yeah. Just have a look on the, the website
2: and get involved now. I mean, the, the main things we're doing right now are, are looking at people with loneliness. I think it's five five 540 people that we've connected with. Um And that that can be anything at the moment from, We're sending letters to them and we're getting kids within schools to be pen pals and and send letters as well. Um, We're doing garden gate visits as well around Shrewsbury. So they're going to go and have a chat in the garden gate or obviously social distance. We're even matching some of them up that they can go out and have walks together. So looking at the rules, it is all um, legitimate with this lockdown. That's one of the things we're trying to work around. But again, there, there are people that don't walk with anybody so you can imagine that going out and getting your daily exercise but not talking to someone is is just as just as hard, isn't it? So um, mm. those type of things up. So if anybody wants to get involved with any of that type of stuff or can see somebody that actually would benefit from it, then, yeah, please get in touch, get on our website um, and go from there. Contact us. There's, there's loads of different ways that you'll find through Facebook, Twitter, whatever it is. <laughs>
0: Who, who didn't know? Who didn't thought that walking could be so fun? I went for a walk yesterday with my little boy. We went to the the golf course and meal, and we were walking past the stadium. I was saying to my boy, "I was, Do you remember going there to watch the football." He's like, "Yeah." I was like, "What were you shouting?" He was like, "I don't know." And I was like, "I was like <laughs> Dino, you were shouting Dino, Dino, you know Dean Hanson. And he was like, "Uh, I, this this is a sign that I need to get him back to more football, uh, obviously." Yeah, <laughs>
2: yeah, it'd be nice when we can do that, and you, you like we had a we had two or three games where fans were back in, and it just made such a difference. You could see, you could visibly see people, um, talking to people that they wouldn't have been talking to for months and months. It might have been that season ticket holder that the person in the, in the row behind them. Oh, you you're okay, you fine, and and you could just see it was it. It's it's more than a football match, isn't it? For a lot of people, it's a, a social event. It's a, it's culture. A, a health checkup, it's walking to the ground, it's whatever it is, there's a lot more than than just 90 minutes of players running around on a football pitch which
1: it's is wonderful. one of the
2: things as well that the players have been phenomenal through this, you've probably seen it all the way through the country from the Premier League players donating money um, to our players donating time in terms of virtual visits and we had our star striker Danado like running around his own living room playing in a game with the primary school kids on mm. doing a curriculum lesson. It's just been been phenomenal, really, and I think it's brought everybody closer as well.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. Is- I mean, it's it is important, especially for mental health reasons. Uh, me mean, Shane, I'm a huge advocate for for mental health and working on that that sort of thing, and, and mm. sports and exercises is, is important for that. Um, you know, and this is this like you said, this is important for people because it's. It's culture, right? This is what's normal to people: is is I don't know, it, it, whatever it is, going down the pub and watching the football, or going with your grandpa to go and watch the football at the stadium, or sitting down in the in the lounge to watch it, or whatever. I mean, you can still kind of do that, but like you know, those things have been taken. Aspects have been taken away from people's lives, and like Shane, you would say talking about like you know uh, coming home to, to work uh, rather than being at the office and moving mm. around and stuff that was your normal normality being taken away from you and that kind of affected you. And it's,
2: mm. uh,
0: it's serious, you know? Yeah. You can see
2: how it gets downward spiral. I mean, our, like I said, our heads up group, which is our mental health group that we run, we were really keen in the November lockdown to keep stuff going because there'd been a lot of, um, I don't want to say issues, but a lot of um incidences that have obviously occurred from the first lockdown and we just started to sort of get over the hill with a lot of them and working a lot closer and then that that lockdown came so we were brave then and, and said no we need to be seeing these people one-to-one you know we won't bring them all in as a group but actually it, it will we'll see them every hour so they can come in they can have a walk and talk they can see our guys outside it's fine um, we'll have to get wet. We'll do some fitness, whatever it is, and and we've carried that on again for this one as well to to ensure that there's that contact because, like I said, some people will go home. Like we we've got some young members of staff that live on their own or live with their parents, and they're probably working out of their bedroom and sleeping in their bedroom. And um, I've I've done this whole shift around today because I, I was like, I don't really. It's a temporary. It's a temporary office, isn't it? We're not going to be here for long. And I'm like. Even if I'm here for another seven weeks, I'm spending eight hours, nine hours a day in that one room. Why am I not making it the comfiest it should actually be? Because I'm spending more time in there than I'm spending anywhere in, in life other than my own bed, I suppose. Um, so, yeah, it's it's making sure that you kind of invest or organise yourself to make sure that everything is as normal as it can be, I suppose.
0: I have ne- I don't think I've ever felt so lucky to go to work before. I mean, I work, I'm still going to work. I have to, because otherwise the place would burn down. Um, Mm. But (laughs) if I had to sit in this corner, I mean, I've made this corner nice enough. I've been sharing pictures all day. I'm surrounded by pictures and people and influences. I've got Batman posters all around my room. My my wife's great, by the way, I'm really lucky. (laughs) Um, (laughs) This is my space. But I think even after like six weeks, even with all this around me, I would go absolutely nuts. I'd just be like, ah. so um, my, my heart goes out to people like you, Shane and you
2: Jamie um about half an hour so
0: that'll be our time to to get out and let out some energy so Mm -hmm. yeah I mean it must be difficult but because you go home from work don't you normally you you drive home you're home you've been at work all day whereas like if you've been working at home all day
1: that's something which I actually struggle with um well on the first when, we, when I first got sent home, because I'm a bit of a workaholic, I'll, I'll probably back me up on that. I'm bit, I actually have to be careful, I have to sort of manage it quite, you know, I have to watch it a little bit. Um, and, uh, and yeah, when I first got sent home, um, I was fine, but what I didn't realise was how much extra I started doing, um, because obviously my computer was literally like six foot away from my sofa, you know. Um, so... I actually found myself starting to I was a baby around as well. So um, my missus would, would go to bed earlier, you know, to look after the baby and stuff. And uh, I found myself grabbing my laptop again and i would start working and I was fine. <laughs> I was fine until this one time, actually she, um, uh, I had my headphones in and I was just head bopping, listening to music as you do, just banging out emails and, you know, doing work. And, uh, I'd tap on my shoulder and, so turned around with missus there, you know, hands on her hips at half past two in the morning, going, What the hell do you think you're doing? And I was like, um working. Like, Turn that off now. Like you're an idiot. Like you got work at seven. Like <laughs> what are you doing? And like, um since then though, I've sort of we've we've moved my desk around, I've got myself more sort more so, sort of settled upstairs where now I can just go and shut the door. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and that's actually helped and um, we, we've sort of between me and her we sort of developed a bit of a routine now where um you know she, she gives me little hints and signs and stuff and like out of 10 if I push it too far she'll come and literally put the baby on my lap <laughs> be like yours now <laughs> you know um but yeah I mean but sort of people like me in a in sort of situation might not necessarily be able to control it as much I can imagine that'd be really hard actually working from home um, being able to switch off from work and, and walk away from it is, is quite hard if you haven't like you said if, if you're living and in, in working in the same room you know um, people are in studio apartments and stuff like that I can imagine it's quite hard actually you know
2: the big yeah. one for
1: me is I live like I said live just, just south of Ludlow
2: so the drive home although everyone goes oh the A49 is horrible <laughs> and the rest of it I'm like well, I actually quite enjoy it it's a lovely drive if it's a sunny day as well mm. um, down through Church Street and the rest but it actually gives you that time to uh, evaluate what's happened during the day, chill out and relax. and yeah.
0: Sing like an idiot to your favourite music.
2: Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> all those little bits. But right now, all you're doing is going from one room down into your kitchen or into yeah. the dining room or wherever you're going to eat. For, and because it's dark at night, you haven't even got that escape of, right, I'll go for a walk before eating or I'll do this mm. or I'll do that. So I think it's just that, yeah, like you said, making sure you manage your time um, why we've implemented kind of work to task if we can, because I think if people get their jobs done, then go and use that spare time to go out for a walk, go and see your children, go and do what you need to do when you want to. You know, yeah. With the work you found out, the work will always be there, will not it? This is not going to go anywhere. Yeah, exactly.
0: Exactly. But by the way, my wife heard me say that she was awesome. She came and pat me on the shoulder. She's like, <laughs> Ace. I love that. Ace yeah brownie points jamie um thank you so much for for coming on the show again i'd love to keep doing this i did say that last time but so much has happened between the last time we spoke (laughs) really it's like it's crazy um but like with everything that's opening i I feel like the shoes with biscuit is going to become really important actually Uh, this isn't uh, blowing us out uh, our own trumpet or anything but we're here to be a voice for you guys like we're here to help people and we'd love to help you as much as we can so like anything that's going on anything you want to tell people about just get in touch and we can get you on the show as many times as you Mm -hmm. want to
2: come on yeah like i said come down when we open our new pitch and then you can come and see some of the participants touchwood that'll
0: be end
1: of march time early april
0: i'll come and show you guys how it's done that's what i'll do i'll bring
1: a ball (laughs) <laughs> I would pay money to see Al running across the football pitch. I'm not going to lie.
0: I mean, okay, um, all right. I've put a bit of like lockdown weight on, but I, I was a pretty right. good player, right? That uh, way, I
1: podcast then is it? What in about <laughs> 19, What 2002
0: was that? Al, like you are a good player. I used to, I used to, I used to run the uh, when I worked at ASDA. I used to run the ASDA football sessions. I used to like oh, come. On. We used to meet up at T Cat, and we used to go in every Wednesday or something hour or so. Yeah. How, how many matches did you win? it wasn't about that and this is the, oh, this, right, is yeah, the yeah. this is the this is the, <laughs> this is the important
1: thing your organiser or the player organiser and player it's not about that though it's about the camaraderie it's about your family oh, right, okay. right? and that's what's yeah, important yeah. I still paid to see you across a pitch okay <laughs> How much yeah. would you pay? <laughs> right, Let's get, uh, um,
0: Jamie. Uh, where can people find um, everything to do with what um, uh, Shoesby Town in the community?
2: Uh, probably best at the moment our website, which is www
0: dot uh,
2: com. It's the longest website address in the world. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Make sure you do that, and I did mention them earlier. A uh, big, huge shout out to Shrewsbury Up and Comers because uh, they're not operating at the moment, but what they do is fantastic. Uh, my little boy goes there; he was going there religiously every Saturday. Uh, it's great to get the kids out playing football uh, when we can do that again. Um, also, check out our website, guys, which is uh, the Shrewsbury Biscuit Podcast dot co uk, and that's made for us by our friends at Web Orchard. We love you guys. Make sure you check them out if you need a website. Um, Jamie, you've been awesome. Thank you so much for coming to talk to us today. No worries. Thank you very much. Uh Shane, thank you very much. It's all right. always. Yeah, great. Uh we'll catch you guys <laughs> next <laughs> we we'll <catch you> <laughs>